This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today is Tuesday, November 30th, 2022, and war breaks out between Elon Musk and Apple. Ron DeSantis backs Elon Musk, warns Apple against Twitter from the App Store and siding with the Communist Party of China. Biden's motorcade bursts into flames in Nantucket and Darren Beatty joins the show. My name is Benny Johnson and this is The Benny Show. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on in China? Well, we have some interesting clips for you, just in case you're wondering what kind of a dystopian hellscape is being created right now with your tax dollars. That's right. It is America that props up China. China couldn't exist without American businesses investing in it. China was a third world nation. Over 90% of Chinese people lived below the poverty line just 30 years ago. And now uh, China has risen like a dragon, very scary dragon. And we have given total control to the Communist Chinese Party. There is no such thing as the Chinese middle class. There's no such thing as a free Chinese citizen. Chinese people are slaves. It is the largest slave nation in the world. There are no freedoms there. You are only as strong as your weakest link. And if the government can lock you in your home while your building is on fire, if the government can spray chemicals on you without your consent, if the government can reach into your phone and delete videos from your phone, this is what we're seeing right now happening and coming out of China, then you are not a free person. In fact, all China is is simply a preview for what they wish to do here. And it's why we cover this story. They are slowly lulling you into sleep into a black mirror scenario where we will soon become communist China. And you can see that in the reticence of our powerful in order to criticize China and their horrific crackdown of individuals inside of the slave state of China. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what it looks like in the streets of China. This video directly out right now. This is the Big White video. Big White is the name of the shock troops, the stormtroopers who wear those white head-to-toe masks as they create a phalanx and march through a protest unseemingly going to be arresting all of these protesters. Terrifying imagery straight out of Klaus Schwab's dystopian nightmare dreams. Check it out. All right, so there is the dystopian phalanx. You're looking at uh, the Revolutionary Guard there in China, the big white, as they are known, walking through the streets in a Grecian phalanx like Alexander's army marching through a protest site. This is coming to America. Mark my word, they're using American technology to do this. You're funding this. It is American dollars alone that prop up the state of China. It is the dollars of Apple that prop up the state of China. And the technology that China is using right now is so sophisticated to spy on and to abuse their citizens and to treat them as slaves. They can literally portal into people's cell phones and delete videos that they don't approve of. My God.
Watch this clip. This is uh, shared from a Twitter account. Not, I don't think we have the tweet uh, that we can toss up on screen, but this is shared from a Twitter account uh, of a screenshot of a protester's phone where they opened up their phone's camera reel and they were looking to find videos they took of the protest, the freedom protest, the white paper protest in China. And those videos had been deleted by the government through the back portal access to their phones. Check it out. So that's a image of a Chinese protester's phone. Uh, Melissa Chen, who is a reporter for who? Melissa Chen is a reporter for The Spectator. Uh, she says Chinese social media users report Huawei phones. This is the iPhone of China automatically deleting videos of protests that took place in China without notifying the owners. Not sure if it's from the cloud or the device level. Wow. Wow. I mean, this is like terrifying stuff. This is a sci-fi movie. Have not even imagined this level of dystopia. So in case you're wondering how China is using technology in order to assail and attack and to abuse and to destroy the human rights of their own people, technology is, of course, the way that they are attacking their own population. And much of that technology, virtually all of that technology, is, of course, not developed by China. Once again, China was essentially a Stone Age nation 30 years ago. 30 years ago, China had uh, the vast majority of its population living below the poverty line. They did not have uh, modern uh, uh, buildings, skyscrapers, infrastructure. China was a Stone Age nation. The sophistication that China has technologically has been completely and totally given to them by our government and American technology companies. That in order to boost their bottom lines offshored, the creation and development of their technologies to China to utilize China's slave labor system, Apple, of course, being the largest violator of this, Apple, of course, in a very tough position right now, will have to repatriate and reshore its manufacturing because of the way that China is going right now. Good luck. Deal with the devil. Chimerica as it has once been called, is a total failure. And these companies that offshored their businesses to China, well, the Chinese simply stole that technology and then used it as a weapon against their own people. A good example of that is airdrop on an iPhone. If you have an iPhone, then you have the function for universal airdrop. If you're on a plane, for instance, or if you're standing in a crowd, people can literally just send you videos or photos, universal airdrop, as long as your airdrop is open. That's how a Apple phone works. And so China, in simply, in just China, Apple pushed a update to their phones that shut down universal airdrop. Why is that germane to this conversation? Well, because that's how protesters were able to communicate with each other and not leave a trace. You see, the Chinese government has backend access into their phones, into their camera reels, into their communications. Protesters were able to airdrop notifications, images of the protests to each other. Apple shut that down. As Tucker Carlson covered last night this. Earlier this month, Apple did the bidding of the Chinese government to crush domestic protests against the Communist Party there. 
Apple did this by disabling its permanent airdrop feature in China. And so far, only in China. That's the only country in which it's disabled. So why did Apple disable that feature in China? Well, because that feature, permanent airdrop, allows iPhone users to communicate directly with one another without using the internet or cellular networks, both of which in a totalitarian state like China are controlled by the government. And that means that without permanent airdrop, it's effectively impossible for freedom-minded citizens to organize with one another. They're powerless. Apple, of course, knows this. And that's why when iPhone users in China began using permanent airdrop to complain about the Communist Party, Apple just shut it down. In other words, and again, this is not an overstatement, Apple is now an active collaborator with China's murderous police state. So uh, if you have a relative who served in World War II, let me know in the comment section. I want to see the comment section light up. Do you have a relative? My grandfathers both served in World War II. They were drafted, right? And uh, they did their best, I guess. Neither of them, you know, neither of them got purple hearts or bronze stars, but they, you know, they 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 suited up, went in uniform and served their country. Along with the American population serving America in World War II came tech technological companies at the time. Boeing, Northrop Grumman, the GE facilities in Detroit. Ford Motor Company turned into a factory to make B-17 bombers. The whole of the country's technological basis and corporate basis was used in the wartime effort. What you are seeing now is Apple's allegiances. Apple's allegiances in a wartime, because that's what we are right now. We are in a wartime footing with communist China. Is this our number one rival? It has arguably a larger economy than the United States. It has the largest standing army in the world. It has sophisticated military technology that we are not capable of reproducing here. It is ahead of us in hypersonic missile development, for instance. Apple is our number one rival. Apple is far scarier than Russia could ever be. Russia does not have the economy or GDP of Texas. Russia is a de facto withering on the vine nation inside of a demographic spiral. We're very proud of our growing company here at The Benny Show. And we're very proud of our growing audience. And for that, we have you to thank the listener. But we wouldn't be able to do this show without the technology that backs the show up. And the most important piece of technology is our cell phones. It keeps a news show like ours up and online. It keeps our team of 15 people connected in and out during this crazy news era and certainly during our live broadcast. And so that is why we trust pure talk to keep us connected and to keep us in the black as a company because pure talk allows us to run a smooth operation a connected operation and a quick operation at the benny show there's literally no reason to pay for at&t or t-mobile or verizon 80 bucks a month switch to pure talk for half the price blazing fast data at 30 
bucks a month. We use it at The Benny Show, and you should too. Pure Talk wants to keep the customer happy, and Pure Talk loves America. It's a company that's founded by a U.S. veteran, and they create jobs here in America. It's a company that supports me and my values. I invite you to switch to Pure Talk, just like our company did. It'll take you as little as 10 minutes. Show corporate America that you're done funding leftist policies. Go to puretalk.com and enter the promo code Benny to save 50% off your first month. Again, puretalk.com, promo code Benny to make the switch to Pure Talk. Russia is a paper tiger. China is a actual dragon. One of those Games of Thrones dragons, right? In the series finale that can rip another dragon in half. This is a scary nation. And what Apple is doing is siding with our enemy. They are giving aid and comfort to our enemy in order to persecute their own people, in order to run their own concentration camps. This is the equivalent of Boeing going over and helping Third Reich Germany run Birkenau or Auschwitz. This is the equivalent. If Boeing was providing the technology to run those concentration camps, this is what Apple is doing. They are assisting a foreign dictatorship in the persecution of their own people, ladies and gentlemen. And they are, of course, worse than that. They're going behind the backs of government regulators and striking deals with the Chinese government for billions of dollars. Apple's ugly China deal, mostly bought time, according to Reuters, ladies and gentlemen. Apple could pay an even bigger price for its secret China deal. Executive Tim Cook signed an undisclosed agreement in 2016, promising Beijing $275 billion in investment in the country over the next five years in exchange for relaxing pressure on its businesses, according to the report published Tuesday. He may have little choice, but it muddles the return calculus. Coerced technology transfers in the exchange for market access to a major point of diplomatic friction between Apple and China's trade partners. Many executives accept it as a cost of doing business. Everyone from Microsoft to Boeing, interesting uh, that metaphor there or that example, has built research and development centers in the People's Republic or directly handed over intellectual property. The quid pro quo doesn't always pay off. Westinghouse, for example, swapped nuclear reactor know-how for contracts and then went bankrupt anyway. China takes the intellectual property of American companies then weaponizes it, steals it, and uses it against their own people. Apple is currently making a deal with America's foremost enemy on Earth, China. Apple is an evil company. We are heavily reconsidering using Apple products here at this show. Ladies and gentlemen, this deal alone should be enough to let you know exactly who Apple would side with in the next world war. This is what terrifies us the very most. Would American companies like Google or Apple, would they side with America in the next world war? Would they assist America? Like what happened during World War II? This World War II was in the 1940s. We're talking only 80 years ago. There are veterans of World War II that are still ticking today. You can go see the battlefields. You can go see the craters on the beaches of France. Ladies and gentlemen, there are still Holocaust survivors today. Uh, we've met them and done documentaries with them. You can see the tattoos on their arms. 
So the question is, when you have the persecution of your own people, when you have dictatorships that use technology in order to weaponize, destroy, threaten, and kill their own people, when American companies are aiding them, does that make them evil? And more importantly, whose side are they on? Apple claims to be an American company. Hmm, that's strange. Why would they claim to be an American company when they are clearly siding with the communist Chinese government in, a, I think, a first in American history by limiting functionalities of their phones in order to hurt the protesters inside of their countries? And more importantly, in order to side against the laws of this country, the laws of this country, the first law of this country is free speech. Apple threatening to deplatform Twitter or to harm Twitter, which has turned into the most friendly free speech platform in the world right now under Elon Musk's incredible stewardship, Apple threatening to do that is now violating the laws of America. So Apple siding with the laws of China and then refusing to follow the laws of America. That, of course, brought the scorn of my governor, Ron DeSantis, yesterday. Listen. When you also hear reports that Apple is threatening to remove Twitter from the App Store because Elon Musk is actually opening it up for free speech and is restoring a lot of accounts that were uh, unfairly and illegitimately suspended for putting out accurate information about COVID. That's like one of the main things that's being reinstated. So many things these experts were wrong at, and you had people on Twitter that were calling that out. And Twitter, the old regime in Twitter, their response was to try to just suffocate the dissent. And and, and Elon Musk knows that's not a winning formula, and so he's uh, providing free speech. And so if Apple responds to that, uh, by nuking them from from the app store, you know, I think that that would be a huge, huge mistake. And it would be a really raw exercise of monopolistic power that I think would merit a response uh, from, from the United States Congress. And yeah. What point do we start saying to these companies? Well, we actually have the ability to break up your monopolies. And if you're going to play these games, then we're going to do what is on the letter of the law. You aren't allowed to control 50% of any industry plus 1%. You aren't, that's the consideration of a monopoly. Of course, Google controls more than 51% of the search terms. Of course, Apple controls more than 51% of the usage of the app stores and these devices. Very popular in America. They're using these devices as a tool of oppression in China. They're using the technology developed here and funded by you, the American taxpayer, through government bailouts and through government slush funds. And they're using it in order to persecute people in China. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is the holiday season and we were expecting to find a wonderful glowing red present under our Christmas tree a red wave, and unfortunately it was more like a red wave for a kiddie pool. And so we may be left with more disastrous spending from Joe Biden, more taxes and deepening inflation. How do you protect what you have saved? 
the answer is to diversify your IRA or 401k into precious metals. And you should do that with my friends at Birch Gold Group. Text Benny to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. These are great people with almost 20 years' experience in converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals, something with real value. Don't allow the left to devalue your savings, especially this Christmas. Text Benny to 989898 to claim your free no-obligation info kit on Birch Gold. Again, you can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out now. Text Benny to 989898. to secure your future. Go gold. Do it today. Do you stand for nothing? Steve Jobs turning at an RPM in his grave. Unheard of. Poor Steve Jobs, man. He started this incredible company, built this incredible company. We use a lot of Apple products. We use a lot of different products from a lot of different companies at the show, but we use a lot of Apple products. And Apple is showing their true colors. They wouldn't side with America in a world war. Apple is siding with communist China. Ron DeSantis said as much in an interview with Tucker last night. So of all the news going on in the world, and there's a lot of it, you stopped on this story and you commented on it. Why? Why did this catch your attention? Well, Tucker, if you look what's going on in China now, the CCP, uh, they have imposing the zero COVID lockdown policies. They've been doing it on and off for three years. And you have people in China that are really engaged in a noble effort uh, to protest, which is basically Leninist rule. So what is Apple doing with that? They are limiting the airdrop function of the protesters. So they are serving basically as a vassal to the Chinese Communist Party. Then on the other hand, here in the United States, what are they doing? They are trying to get Elon Musk Twitter off the App Store potentially, which would be a huge blow for free speech. And so this is maybe the most powerful company uh, in the entire world, uh, certainly one of the most powerful companies in American history. They exercise more authority in some respects than even some governments do. Uh, and they're using their authority to protect the CCP uh, while also try to limit speech here in the United States. So at what point do you start calling a company traitorous? At what point? You know, you have the videos of Tim Cook essentially simping for Apple. Tim Cook going out in multiple forums saying how great, and I'm sorry, I need to correct myself, simping for China. Tim Cook, who is the CEO of Apple, simping for China. Going out in multiple forums, multiple events, talking about how great China is. How wonderful China is doing this almost seemingly like with a gun to his head, doing this out of pure greed, just like the NBA, just like every one of these other companies. They want access to China's markets and they don't care how many skulls they need to step on in order to get there. It's pure blood money. This is Tim. This is Tim Cook uh, at a Forbes forum talking about uh uh, how great China is, how, oh, wow, we've, we've been lifting people up and out of poverty again in China. This is all fake because, again, if you don't have rights, if you don't have the ability to live and to move and the freedom of agency, bodily autonomy, 
If the government can sneak into your phone and delete photos they don't like, you're not a free person. You're a slave. And Tim Cook is a plantation owner who's assisting in the slavery. Watch. China's done an unbelievable job of lifting people out of poverty. They've done an incredible job, I mean, far beyond uh, what any country has done. We were talking about 19, mid-90s to today. The biggest change is the number of people that have been pulled out of poverty by far. And we should all applaud that. And we should all feel good about it. And so there are, in, in the environmental leadership, today is very clear and it aligns completely with Apple's values. The, the Chinese uh, uh, environmental <laughs> yes, government. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're very fixated on, on uh, doing the right things to avert climate change. <laughs> oh, a very clever pastiche of half-truths and lies. Yeah, so here's the deal. It's not a real middle class. Just like China's real estate market isn't really property ownership. It's ownership by the government. It's extortion against their own people. And it is fake, fagazi. It's not real. It's an edifice, a plastic edifice that gets put up in order to attract investors and then for them to then go around and steal the technology the intellectual property, and to bankrupt American companies. China is a bad investment. Chimerica, which is the term used by historians to describe the Chinese-American experiment over the last 30 years, is a failure. And you need to start asking every American company why you have not repatriated your business back to America. Why are you not onshoring your business? Why are you continuing to facilitate the modern-day Nazi state of China? Why? It needs to be a clear line in the sand. Enough of this uniparty bullshit. We need to start asking, and we need to start saying, why are you allowing your businesses and our tax dollars to go to the most evil country in the world? Enough. Enough for American companies, enough for American politicians, enough. It's been a failed experiment. It's evil. It was created by the Bushes in order to inspire globalism after Tiananmen Square. The CCP was on the ropes and the Bush administration, H.W. Bush administration, swooped in and said, here's the way that we are going to go about business from now on. We're going to use China as slave labor, the manufacturing center of the world, We are going to rip and strip mine your resources. We're going to bring our manufacturing to you. And then you are going to give us cheap products in return through your centralized authoritarian dictatorship. It's been a failure. It's an egregious violation of human rights. It's time for us to stand up for something. We're very happy to see uh, uh, McCarthy standing up for Elon Musk yesterday outside of the White House. Elon Musk, of course, is the person of ire. Because he is exposing things that the Chinese Communist Party does not want you to see. He's exposing the things the Biden regime does not want you to see. He's going to be dropping the Hunter Biden files and the censorship files very, very soon. God bless Elon Musk for this. Where are where is the where are the balls? Where's the spine inside of the Republican Party? Why isn't every Republican leader standing with Elon Musk right now? We're happy to see McCarthy at the very least sticking his neck out for Elon. Watch. 
funding. Keeping an eye on Twitter under Elon Musk's ownership and leadership. That is offensive to me. Government's going to go after someone that wants to have free speech. What do they have to look at Twitter about? Do they want to go more after American public about whether they can have an opinion on something? I think the American public have spoken on this. I think our First Amendment stands up, and I, I think they should stop picking on Elon Musk. You know, Elon Musk has succeeded in many places. I'd, I'd bet on him more than government going after you. And I, one thing I would say when we talk about accountability, we'll no longer let government go after people simply because of their political views. Good, well done, and most importantly, McCarthy, please investigate TikTok. TikTok is Chinese spyware. You should not use it. You should delete it from your children's phones. Please do not allow TikTok. All you moms out there that love to be on TikTok because they have bright videos or dancing, delete it. It's Chinese spyware. Stop using it. And if you think you've built up a nice little following on TikTok, trust me, regulators are going to be deleting that app soon. Republicans will stop the usage of TikTok in this country. Donald Trump came very close. He walked right up to the line and it will go over the line. We've talked with the FCC commissioners. It should be banned. Christy Noam did just this in South Dakota. Noam bans TikTok for all state agencies, says it's an intelligence gathering operation. She's incredibly correct here. They're going after Twitter for following the laws of our country, and they're allowing Chinese spyware on your phones. In case you're wondering where the bread is butters and who these people serve, their masters are the communist Chinese. They want to turn America into communist China. Don't let them. South Dakota Governor Christy Noem on Tuesday signed an executive order banning state agencies from using TikTok. Noem's office said the Republican governor's order continues in response to growing national security threats posed by TikTok and the data gathering operation on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party. TikTok is spyware. Delete it from your phone. They have been proven time and time again to have access to your personal files. We played you the video to start this show of how the Chinese government is going through people's personal photos on their phones and deleting the photos they took of the protest. The photos they don't want on your phone, they're just going through and deleting them. TikTok is that kind of technology. Do you not want the CCP to have access to your personal photos, your videos, your files on your phone, whatever they may be, delete it. Because of our serious duty to protect the uh, privacy and private data of South Dakota citizens, we must take action this action seriously. We hope the states will follow South Dakota's lead and Congress should take a broader action as well. Yes, Congress should ban TikTok. China is evil. China sees America as the enemy. Of course, we don't see China as the enemy, and that will be our undoing. China used Biden's botched Afghanistan withdrawal for propaganda, according to the Pentagon. The China capitalized on President Biden's mishandling of U.S. troops and pull out of Afghanistan last year, using the ensuing chaos and propaganda meant to erode international support for America, according to the Defense Department. Wow. Well, that's interesting. In 2021, the People's Republic of China employed multiple diplomatic tools in an attempt to erode U.S. and partner influence, such as highlighting the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. While the U.S. rescued nearly 130,000 Americans and Afghan allies from Kabul during the months-long fight for Kabul, thousands more were left behind, prompting both domestic and international criticism. 13 U.S. troops were killed. 
by ISIS suicide bombers. Chinese officials and state media outlets also repeatedly condemned the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan and cited the withdrawal as evidence that the U.S. is an unreliable partner and a declining power. Great. Let's keep putting our intellectual property and our businesses inside of this nation. Assisting China and helping China right now and making a quick buck off China is the equivalent to helping out Weimar Germany. You will be proved wrong on the wrong side of history. All companies, it will cost cost an enormous amount of money, but all companies must reshore their productions now from China. American companies must shutter their operations in China. They view America as the enemy. It's time for us to start doing the same. And it pox upon the households of Tim Cook and Apple and these other companies that operate in China. A deeply unreliable partner at best and a vengeful international adversary at worst, looking at the destruction of America and laughing all the way to the bank while they steal our intellectual property and use our technology again to persecute their own people. Speaking of persecuting their own people, Trudeau supports protesters in China after cracking down on anti-lockdown Canadians last winter. Justin Trudeau is saying now that he supports the Chinese protesters against COVID restrictions. It's a little odd, this. Watch. Canadians uh, are watching very closely. Uh, Obviously, everyone in China uh, should be allowed to express themselves, uh, should be allowed to uh, share their their perspectives uh, and uh, indeed protest. We're going to continue to ensure uh, that China knows we'll stand up for human rights, we'll stand uh, with people who are expressing themselves. Uh, We also need to make sure that China and places around the world are respecting journalists and their ability to do their job. Uh, We'll continue to make that very clear. Okay, so Justin Trudeau suddenly, and by the way, Justin Trudeau being the guy who said he really loves the dictatorship model in China, he said that while he was campaigning uh, to be the premier there in Canada, changing his tune very much so when it was his own people protesting his COVID mandates in the great honking of 2022, well, Justin Trudeau sent the special forces in to smash their trucks, debank them, and utilize actually communist Chinese tactics and World Economic Forum tactics to destroy their lives. Let's do a quick flashback to a different Justin Trudeau. I have attended protests and rallies in the past uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns and their issues. Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. But I have also chosen to not go anywhere near protests that have expressed hateful rhetoric, violence towards fellow citizens, uh, and a disrespect, uh, not just of science, but of uh, the frontline health workers and, quite frankly, the 90% of truckers who have been doing the right thing to keep Canadians safe, to put food on our tables. Uh, Canadians know where I stand. This is a moment for responsible leaders to think carefully about where they stand and who they stand with. Justin Trudeau there utilizing all of the World Economic Forum talking points and the talking points given to him by 
Joe Biden. We found out recently that Joe Biden called Justin Trudeau and demanded an end to the great honking. This was, of course, the peaceful truckers that surrounded Ottawa, the capital of Canada, and honked their horns in order to stop the vaccine mandates that violated their bodily autonomy and their personal human choice to have a body that exists in the context of Canadian law. Canadian law literally says that the actions of Justin Trudeau are illegal, and we hope that the people of Canada vote him out the next chance they get. The parliamentary system is really weird, and we've been following it pretty closely. Pierre, uh, 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 I actually forgot his name. Pierre Polivier? Is that his name? There's a guy that continues to come across our social feeds that is challenging Justin Trudeau, and he's not having a great time up there. So we know that he can go back to his um, late father's uh, home in Cuba in case things ever go bad for Justin Trudeau in Canada. And we look forward uh, to him leaving the country soon. China censors maskless World Cup fans as lockdown protests grow at home. Yes. OK, so if you are Chinese, you are allowed to go to Qatar. And you are allowed to stand maskless and cheer for China. It's just if you're inside of China, you will be locked into your apartment while it's on fire. Maskless Chinese censors. Really great stuff here. Watch. Okay, great. So what have we covered on this show? That Chinese state media there won't even show show Chinese fans inside of the World Cup stadium because they're not masking. That China can access protesters' phones and delete the content it doesn't like. That Apple is assisting China in doing this by shutting off their airdrop. And that Apple is violating American law by threatening Twitter for being a free speech platform. Somebody who predicted all of this was Darren Beatty, the publisher of Revolver News, and he joins us now. Everything's coming true. Darren, everything that you predicted is happening. And so thanks, I guess, for telling this, telling us that this was going to happen to Elon. Uh, that these countries were utilizing uh, and following the orders of the CCP, uh, and that a lot of these social media platforms are essentially ops uh, in order to control us. And you are seeing, of course, the manifestation of that in China. Uh, If there was a world war, would Apple be on the side of America? You know, that's a very interesting question. Um, they would be on the side of the American regime. <laughs> they wouldn't be on the side of Americans. And, you know, I guess it will shock you maybe to uh, to hear, but my position on the whole issue is, is somewhat contrarian. I mean, I agree that the CCP is disgusting. Zero COVID is disgusting. The whole COVID scam, I say, you know, outside of of genocide and war, the COVID scam is the greatest, you know, crime in recent human history. And China is um, the chief perpetrator of that scam. And so um, that all needs to be said. On the other hand, it makes me slightly 
uncomfortable when I see all of the finger pointing to China just because I don't want the criminals in charge of the globalist American empire to get away with deflecting the blame on themselves by pointing mm. to China. And it's politically much easier to make China this chief scapegoat for everything. And I think this is illustrated very well in your segment on Trudeau. Trudeau, of all people, is comfortable you know, supporting the protesters in China. That's you no, know, it's so easy. Even Trudeau can do it. What matters, <laughs> I care about like I sympathize with the, the plight of the Chinese people. The CCP is a tyranny, and I hope they're able to obtain freedom. But frankly, and call me selfish, I'm more concerned about freedom in the United States. And even as early as you know, the COVID lockdowns and everything, I was always saying, like, look. China didn't put a gun to our leaders' heads and force them to shut down the entire economy over a disease that's, you know, dubious in terms of, you know, how much danger it would have, the cost-benefit analysis of the lockdowns. China didn't force the kind of mandatory vaccine policies and everything. And so I, I think it's, it's, you know, all of the criticisms of China are valid, but sort of the meta dynamic of making the dominant narrative about China, I think, is unfortunate because it does kind of serve to deflect blame from the crooks in charge of our own system, of our own country. And with Apple, um, you know, yes, they're, you know, they're comfortable doing a lot of business with China. There was a tweet of someone who's normally very, um, very discerning and insightful. So it's nothing against him. Actually, a great guy called um, Naval Ravikant, who's, who's a great investor. And he said something like, oh, if, if Twitter was a Chinese company, uh, Apple would have no problem with them. And I, I really think that misses the mark because if Twitter was restoring free speech for a you know western audience apple would attack them no matter who they are owned by whether it's chinese or otherwise free speech on the global public square americans being able to speak freely about covid about immigration about um, the whole range of things about our corrupt leadership that's what's the existential threat to the crooks that control our regime. And yes, a lot of major corporations have economic entanglements with China, and that's unfortunate. But ultimately, what's really the threat to the regime is people being able to speak, you know, to speak up for the truckers in Canada, to speak out against Black Lives Matter, to speak out against the COVID tyranny that's imposed on the West by our own Western leaders, not by Xi Jinping, you know, uh, uh, holding a gun to their heads. And so I think that's a really kind of important perspective to keep in mind, even as we um, uh, champion the cause of freedom in China, which we should. Yeah, it does seem to be the entanglements that we're focusing on and the entanglements are what bother us. There's always been evil regimes throughout the world, but it would be the equivalent of Boeing assisting in building concentration camps in Nazi Germany. It just seems like the entanglements are so 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 
tight right now and that Dr. Fauci himself in his deposition saying that he sent his agents over and they really liked lockdowns. Lockdowns were great in communist China. And so I suppose in the West, we do have blinders on where we often forget that just a year ago, literally a year ago, right now, Joe Biden was using OSHA to push vaccine mandates on all American workers. Uh, I mean, I guess we do have blinders on and that we lock down our country uh, voluntarily. We lock down our country. And yes, we, we complain about freedom of speech. There was a one of my great sort of retorts on Twitter, I guess you could say, is Marsha Blackburn uh, tweeted something that was supposed to be an own of uh, of China and President Xi saying, you know, saying, here's Winnie the Pooh. You can't you couldn't tweet this if you're in China, because Winnie the Pooh is sort of a caricature that's typically used to mock um, Xi uh, of China. And she was putting that forward as though, OK, you're not like us in the U.S. where we have free speech. And then I responded to her and say, OK, now do George Floyd. Dare to mock George Floyd. Right. Crickets. And so I think before we parade around and, you know, again, this is not about we should support freedom in China. But before we kind of adopt this posture like, oh, we're the free society, China's the tyranny or the extent to which we're a tyranny, it's because of China's influence. I really think that fundamentally uh, misses the mark, misses the larger dynamic. I think the 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 basic kind of geopolitical configuration, even Biden, the alleged Beijing Biden, is taking very aggressive steps toward decoupling with China on the telecom side and all these other sides. And so I think it's really a kind of a contest between two very corrupt mafia-like regimes. Uh, with entanglements, as mafia families have entanglements between each other as well. Uh, but ultimately, they're competing uh, factions of the mafia. And one is China and one is the globalist American empire. And, you know, just to give an example of this, George Soros, like the, the, the globalist par excellence, he um, is very much critical of China. He's called out China because China rejects his concept of the open society. China rejects the kind of the open society. They don't allow NGOs in that, you know, try to affect regime change. They don't even allow Google and a lot of our tech companies, which we um, are tremendous assets for us in order to shape the hearts and minds of a population to the benefit of, you know, American sort of geopolitical interests. And so, um, I guess, again, it's it's not that China's good or we should celebrate them or we shouldn't criticize them. I, it's just that we shouldn't let the dominant narrative about how bad China is let our own leaders off the hook and distract us from fixing our own situation first. I mean, I'm, I think that this is Dr. Fauci's wet dream as he watches the big white march through the streets in these little suits, these little hazmat suits, right, beating people uh, sometimes to death in order to uh, protect them from a virus, right? This is, I mean, this is this is a dream, right? This kind of control. I think you're exactly right. And they in, tried as hard way, as they could. In a way, I almost think it's like I would be more conspiratorial about China if they didn't have zero COVID, because before there was this narrative that's like, okay, the Chinese kind of know that COVID is not that big of a deal. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't a virus. It's a virus. It's real. It's serious for people, you know, with, you know, comorbidities and so forth. But it wasn't this 
oh, deadly thing that's going to kill everyone. Therefore, we need to treat it like an Ebola outbreak and shut down the entire economy in an unprecedented fashion. We didn't even do that for 1918 flu. And so, you know, earlier on, it seemed like maybe the Chinese know something we don't. Maybe they know it's not that big of a deal and they're just letting us destroy our own economy to their own advantage. But then, you know, they go ahead and they launch the most insane policy in the entire world, this zero COVID, where basically they're willing to sacrifice anything to prevent, you know, one case of COVID from appearing in China. And they've done tremendous damage to themselves. And I know there are these theories like, oh, it's just a factional thing. And it's just she, you know, going after Shanghai. But Frankly, that does not convince me. You don't. Shanghai is the most economically valuable city in China. It is the sort of public facing city to the West. It's where most of the foreigners are. It's their showcase city in so many respects. And for them to just basically come close to destroying it over this ridiculous neurotic fixation on having zero COVID levels, it says to me that they're, it's not that they're these clever people like using COVID to, to the, their advantage relative to the U.S. It's that as neurotic as we were, they're a thousand times more neurotic about COVID and they've you know, really done themselves a disservice. Mm. Um, so I fully you know, support the protesters there. I think it's horrible. I thought it was horrible here. Um, but um, I, I don't think there's some kind of Machiavellian grand strategy behind China. I think they're they they're true believers in this nonsense and they're destroying their country over it like we came close to doing here. Yeah. And well, I mean, depending on which restaurant owner you talk to and which which masked child you talk to, we certainly did destroy our country. And COVID was simply an accelerator for every bad trend in this nation. You can't find one that doesn't match the bar graph to say every bad trend crippled by COVID, accelerated by COVID. And our leaders were happy to do it. They were happy to do it. They were as maniacal and as pathological as the Chinese leaders. The tech leaders in Apple, they are limiting airdrop in Apple devices in China. Uh, They said this would be maybe a global rollout. They've only rolled it out in China, and they didn't even tell people what they were doing when they did it. And so this does seem as though Apple, and they have a long history of doing this, is simply walking lockstep with the Chinese party at the same time limiting the access potentially for Elon Musk to the App Store and to push updates to Twitter. So they are acting in violation of American law. The First Amendment, and they are acting uh, in order to be in compliant, overt compliance with with communist China. And so it does make you question essentially their loyalties as as a company. Uh, what do you see happening here in this Elon versus Apple kaiju battle? Well, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely the next step. It's it's an escalation in what you know, in that piece that you mentioned, the now sort of classic revolver piece gaming all of this out, uh, it's the battle of the century. And again, it's it's not ultimately about China. It's about the regime that controls the globalist American empire, a regime that's so corrupt that it simply cannot survive without tightly controlled censorship, in particular of the global public square, namely Twitter. And so Elon threatening to restore free speech on Twitter. And he's already taken major steps, steps that are so major, 
you know, they exceed my expectations by far. Um, that's a very high stakes arena that he's operating in. And the regime is not going to take it sitting down. They have many levers that they can use against him. One of them is um, to limit, to pinch distribution through basically pulling a parlor where they just say, okay, we're not gonna, we're not gonna distribute that on our app stores. Now, in the case of Elon, he has some levers himself. He said maybe I'll create my own phone. He probably has some other options as well. But this is a serious step. And unfortunately, it was a step that's could have, you know, was very predictable just because um it's an existential threat. The regime cannot survive free speech on Twitter. That's how corrupt it is. And that's how ultimately fragile it is. And so if for some reason the Apple approach doesn't work, they're going to take it to the next level. So this is going to be an all-out war, and we're just at the very beginning stages of it. Mm -hmm. Battle of the century. Here's what happens if Elon Musk buys Twitter. If you read it back when this was published in April, you would be essentially reading a prophetic word. Uh, on Revolver News, uh, and everything you, you have predicted in this article, Darren, has come has come true. And you it know, is- I have to say, not to pat myself on the back more so, but if you look at the date of that, that's actually before it was public that he had any interest in buying Twitter at all. Hmm. So, it, another reason to go read Revolver. Final question for you, Darren. What you know, you saw McCarthy coming out and defending Elon. Some stones. You saw DeSantis very full-throatedly defending Elon. Real stones. Uh, do you have any any hope that Republicans will grow a pair, uh, a corporate Republicans in Washington D.C.? Uh, any advice for how we protect Elon? It seems to be one of the best things we have going on right now. As a close friend of mine said, I would trade a Senate majority for Republicans for Elon buying Twitter any election cycle, oh. any election cycle, including 2022. Elon buying Twitter is so much more important than Republicans getting the Senate. If anyone disagrees with that, they're insane. I mean, there's no question. Elon has done more for free speech on the Internet and generally than any elected uh, Republican official, like ever. That's just that's uncontroversial. That's an unimpeachable statement. It's a statement of fact. Um, What to make of that? Well, I mean, you know, we we waste so much money on the election process. I suggest, well, what if we took all the money that would have gone to the next election and we put it in a big pile and we use that ultimately to purchase and take other tech companies private and do the same thing, just replicate the Elon model? That would probably be better bang for your buck than dumping money into, you know, Mitch McConnell or the Senate or the, you know, the presidential races or Uh, what have you, Elon really has delivered amazingly. And he's done it, you know, he's done it through the private sector. As far as these Republican officials supporting Elon, it's a no brainer. They have to do it. And not just with words, the advertising industry is striking Elon. The whole sort of NGO censorship apparatus with all of its entanglements is going after Elon. What we need to do on the Republican side is build up an infrastructure that can funnel revenue into Twitter such that they're not so dependent on these advertisers and so forth. So if I were DeSantis or other Republican governors, I would be thinking about how to build economic relationships with Twitter such that 
there's basically a, a revenue stream, there's an infrastructure, there's an interconnection between Republican-controlled states and companies like Twitter that defy the regime on this level. And I actually think this is a really important point that, that really needs to be fleshed out, and I intend to do so in the coming weeks. But that is, at the broad conceptual level, the Republican states, Texas, Florida being, I think, the most prominent at, at the moment, need to really start building relationships with Twitter and need to find ways, frankly, just to put it crudely, to funnel money into Twitter so Twitter has more leverage. Yes. You can see this, of course, in the location of Silicon Valley and in the darkest blue of all darkest blue counties and the darkest blue of all darkest blue states. And then you can see, of course, where the donations go. Everyone's seen the graph. I don't think we have it handy, but everyone's seen the graph of where tech companies donate. Uh, defying the regime is something that you do at Revolver News every single day. We have the homepage to pull up right here. Talk to us about what's going on at Revolver and uh, what's popping. Well, we've got a lot of things. We actually have a big piece in the works um, on Apple. So uh, that's not quite out yet. So I'll just tease it. It's coming out soon. It's some shocking stuff about Apple. Um, our last major piece was actually on uh, a associated cryptocurrency with the whole FTX scandal called Tether. And that might warrant a whole separate appearance here because it's such an amazing and bizarre and scandalous story. Just the nutshell version of it is the third largest cryptocurrency in the world called Tether is a stable coin, meaning that unlike other cryptos, it's not mined according to this publicly verifiable process. Their tethers are allegedly backed by U.S. dollar reserves, but it's never been audited in its whole history. It's never been audited to see whether it has those dollar reserves that it claims it does. That's the whole basis of their of their value. And this is the third largest um, in the world. And when you look at the characters involved with founding Tether, this weird thing that has never been audited, one of the founders of it is this, like, this story is so weird. One of the founders of it is this washed up child Disney actor, the star of great classics like Mighty Ducks, First kid, if anyone likes, you know, the 90s nostalgia, first kid with Sinbad, like yeah. not bad movies, to be fair, but he's this child star. And then he went from that into this weird um, underage sex scandal for which he was apprehended by Interpol in Spain, but curiously not charged. And then he reappears from this as this unlikely crypto mogul who's the founder of this third largest cryptocurrency. He has no technical background. Their whole claim to value is that they have all these US dollar reserves and they've never been audited. Um, one of their two biggest backers is Alameda, the hedge fund <laughs> run by Sam Bankman Freed. And you won't believe this. That isn't even the biggest scandal of it all. It happens to be the official cryptocurrency of the U.S.-backed rebel groups in Myanmar. It happens to be one of the favorite currencies of the U.S.-backed Sunni rebels in Syria and a variety of drug cartels, which, of course, the U.S. government never makes deals with. And so the thesis of this piece is that there is actually a really interesting historical 
kind of model for what this could be. And that's a bank called BCCI. It was a bank set up in the 70s and 80s. It was a total scam bank. They really ripped off their depositors. It's a fascinating story. There's actually a, a movie made about how it was taken down uh, called The Inf uh, Infiltrator um, with the uh, Breaking Bad guy. It's a really entertaining movie, but the bank was allowed to exist for a very long time despite obvious corruption, obvious dealings with all kinds of shady people. Why was it allowed to exist? Well, because it was one of the principal vehicles used by the CIA to launder money as part of the Iran-Contra affair. And actually, Newsweek, of all places, back when you know legacy outlets could do real reporting, Newsweek did a whole story basically making a pretty overwhelming case that it's not just that the CIA took advantage of it, that the bank itself was set up by the CIA for the purposes of money laundering. <laughs> and, um, and it looks like Tether, this cryptocurrency that uh, is the third largest and is actually like the backbone, without Tether, the whole crypto ecosystem trading market collapses, that Tether, you know, which looks like it could be a scam based on the fact that it's not audited, it's run by all these weird people that I described. And you say, well, if it's, a, if it's such an obvious scam, why wouldn't it be taken down? Why wouldn't it collapse? Well, Maybe the scam is too important and maybe this is the new BCCI and maybe that just has something to do with the fact that it's the official cryptocurrency of the US backed rebel movements in, in Myanmar. And so, you know, it's a funny situation because you have all these crypto idealists who really didn't want to look behind the curtain of Tether because if Tether turned out to be a scam, like that's so devastating for crypto and a lot of the idealists didn't want to believe it. But it's almost like, you know, they say two wrongs don't right, make a right, but two sort of cynical facts can actually amount to, you know, something somewhat optimistic. And that is that, okay, maybe it is a scam, but maybe it's such a scam connected with government corruption that it's a scam that will be allowed to continue indefinitely. And therefore, the concerns of the crypto idealists are actually um, not valid, but for a different reason. All these people who count on crypto as this kind of alternative to government corruption, maybe in this case, government corruption is the only thing holding it up. <laughs> Dude, the uh, the the tears of the crypto bros are flowing so <laughs> so steadily right now. You could get a, a rubber dinghy and ride a whitewater raft through them. Man, what a what a blow up. What devastation. I want to just get I want to just light a cigar and pour a bourbon and listen to you <laughs> talk through what's going to talk through the conspiracy theory that is going to see the event horizon of reality um, <laughs> in just a short three months time span. So that's why we encourage you to read Revolver News, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, here is FTX on steroids. Tether, Biden's worst crypto BCCI. There it is. All right. This yeah. is the article that uh, that Darren is talking about. Uh, thank you, Darren. God bless you uh, for being on the uh, program. Hold on. Do we have that article? Because the cover image is amazing. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this image. Look at this artwork. Perfect. <laughs> Go read it, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you, Darren. Thank you for always speaking the truth. Thank you so much. You asked Darren Beatty one question, and you are bound to get 
10 minutes of just mind blowing information that will totally upend your entire worldview. Luckily, I was so close to investing a lot in crypto and thank God I did not it's because of my because of my wife. And there's a lot of smart people who invested in crypto, made a bunch of money. That's fine. But wow, are we seeing a massive implosion? Speaking of massive implosions, we have once more footage of Joe Biden traveling to a blue state and then getting imploded upon by protesters. There, the motorcade of Joe Biden traveling through the blue state of Michigan, getting screamed at. Lots of people chanting, let's go, Brandon. This is a common thing that happens. Brandon goes to a blue state, gets shouted down by the people of that blue state. Happens all across America. Happened yesterday. Okay, so other weird things happening with Joe Biden's motorcade. His cars are bursting into flames. What the hell is going on here? Insane story from the Daily Mail. Five cars rented by Biden's Secret Service burst into flames in Nantucket. Investigation of the blaze of vehicles used by the first family. These are not like these are not like small cars. The, the, these are the vehicles they traveled in. Why are they all on fire? Check out this footage. These things were burned to a crisp. If a human being was inside these cars, they would have a very bad time. You're talking a very, very bad, like lifelong injury or worse if a human being is inside of a car that ignites like this. Check out the clips of these cars. It's a shocking story. Totally weird. Watch. Hey, Tucker, let me just set the scene for you. There are five SUVs, a Ford Explorer, Ford Expedition, Jeep Gladiator, Infiniti QX80, and a Chevy Suburban. Five different models, all rented from Hertz. We're told the vehicles were supposed to carry the Biden family around Nantucket Island during the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. The president, his wife, Jill Biden, along with Hunter Biden, his wife, Melissa Cohen, and their son, Beau Biden Jr. But now we're told the Bidens did not use the rented SUVs and that only Secret Service agents agents use them. So the Bidens leave Nantucket on Sunday afternoon. Secret Service agents return the vehicles to Hertz on Sunday, and the vehicles are put in the overflow area and parked nose to nose. At 522 Monday morning, an employee at Nantucket Airport sees a fire in the rental car area, and within minutes, airport staff, Nantucket Fire, and Nantucket Police all respond. The fire is put out. But not before all five of the SUVs are heavily damaged, and it's notable the vehicles were parked 40 feet from the airport's 25,000-gallon jet fuel tanks. So far, the White House has not commented. And we're not pushing coincidences or odd scenarios here, but the Secret Service is not investigating. The pristine law enforcement agency known as Hertz is investigating. The only lead so far is that the Ford Expedition was being recalled for a faulty battery junction box that might catch fire had not been repaired and was then rented to be used by the leader of the free world. Meantime, we'll let you know if and when Hertz cracks the case. So just like everything else in the Biden regime, this is a dumpster fire. Now these cars are on fire. Vehicles owned by Hertz, rented by the Secret Service, burst into flames in Nantucket. The fire involving the rental cars occurred on Monday. Biden left the White House on Sunday. No injuries, but at least four cars sustained significant damages in the fire. You saw it there. If a human being was riding in that car and it was supposed to be the Biden family, geez, as always, we don't want anyone to be hurt. 
We want our fellow Americans to live in happiness and peace. But, yo, you would be hurt if you were in that car. What the hell is going on here? Do cars just randomly do this? Oh, I've never seen it. It's not immediately clear what caused the fire. The Ford Expedition is under manufacturer battery recall. The vehicle were used to transport the president's family around the island. These are the cars that the Bidens were traveling in. What the hell is going on here? Not sure. We'll keep an eye on it. Jeez. Unbelievable. Meanwhile, Biden's saying he's going to run for president in 2024, yo, and it is going to be a very, very interesting time. So stay tuned and stay tuned to a show that has your best interests in mind because we straight up tell you exactly what we're doing on this show. Our priorities are this God, family, country. That's what we care about on this show. I got a family. I got God and I got a country that I love a lot. And I don't want to see it uh, abused and I don't want to see terrorist entities or slave state entities like China. Uh, taking our jobs, our IP, and then using, essentially, our companies against us. We are in a Cold War with China. It is an evil nation. It views the world. It knows what time it is. China knows what time it is. It views America as the enemy. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to do the same. It's time for our business leaders to wake up and stop aiding the enemy, along with, of course, our leaders in Congress that we put there. We'll be watching very, very closely what Republicans do. And if Republicans make the strong stances to keep us free men and women, we certainly are down here in Tampa, Florida, free men and women. We're born that way. We're going to stay that way, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to stay that way because we fight offense every day on this show. Offense. Do not give up ground. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the way we go. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show.